everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott James. This is episode 151, What Comes First. On this episode, we answer a podcast subscriber email about what comes first, pack weight or the ability to hike long miles. Does it even matter? We also answer how a beginner backpacker can gain confidence and skill out on the trail. Get talking about this topic, join in on our discussion on the Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and get talking about this topic in particular. Come hang out with us and be part of our community. So, Miss Petrucci, what have you been doing on week a billion quarantine? <laughs> this is the new normal. <laughs> so dramatic. Um Actually, I have had less to do this week. Uh, we've been, I mean, we've been excessively purging. I've been cleaning my backpacking gear. We, you know, I've had some stuff to do, but now I, I like powered through it in the first few weeks of this quarantine. And now I'm kind of like, don't have as much to do. I think you know you've been quarantined a long time when you start mixing foods that don't, that should not be mixed together. Like I mixed <laughs> for the first time Probably in 20 years, uh, we bought SpaghettiOs. I'm per, sure that's per an, the request of Scott. I'm sure that's like an, an essential item in a nuclear holocaust. But for some reason, I wanted SpaghettiOs. And I ended up mixing SpaghettiOs and ramen noodles. And I think with chili. I don't know. But I'm almost positive those three foods should not nor have ever been mixed together. But yeah, I think when you've been quarantined long, I mean, you start... You start just mixing foods because, yeah, you just want something different. <laughs> it's 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 amazing to me the level of acceptance that you have for pairing foods like that together out on the trail, but in a home environment when you actually have like a stovetop and, you know, things to cook from, like legit kitchen items to cook from. It, your perspective changes and you feel as though you need to be a little bit more sophisticated, but... This week, Scott took it down. Took like, it to a whole new low. You took it. To, you took it down multiple notches. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I couldn't even finish dinner. I was so grossed out by it. I was, <laughs> and it all came out of Tupperware too. It's like, what's that in the refrigerator? I think that's leftover chili. Ah, okay. You know, and throw it in. mix some spaghettios in there. And, I definitely uh, went to bed hungry that night. It was yeah. worth it. Well, you know, the thing is, is that you know when you've been in you've been in quarantine and nothing's open in your state other than bowling alleys and tattoo parlors, you get a little desperate. You start mixing some stuff together. I will not take that out on the trail <laughs> at all because, you know, quite frankly, you know, three hours later, I was extremely. Uh, upset at myself that I'd mix those foods together. So <laughs> lessons learned in the new norm. So one of the things that, um, so in this quarantine, you know, we've been getting emails and um, some great, oh my, just some great comments and emails and uh, uh, messages uh, through uh, our Trust the Trail Facebook page. And one of them really kind of struck a chord and it happened late um, it was one of my I can't sleep nights, and it was probably like one o'clock in the morning, and I get this message. And of course, the last message, the last time I got a message that late at night, it was Yvonne being excited that she had dug a cat hole with a um, a toy shovel. 
And so I was pretty excited. All, all good inquiries start flooding us at 1 a.m. in the morning. So I got kind of excited because it's 1 o'clock. I get this message asking a question. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, who, you know, like, that's really cool, right? Right. So I, I read it, and it, it was a great question. And it it really sometimes you know when we when we do our podcast and you know we we think of episodes we think of value that we can give to you guys and what we can you know uh, explain with our own experience and through our experience sometimes we forget that you know people that are new to backpacking really not only there, there's a big gray area between what they see on YouTube and what they are getting from podcasts or whatever information they're trying to acquire. And then there, there could be a gap. And so I thought this was a great, great question. So we're going to read it. Uh, first of all, thank you, Jen, uh, for sending us that that question. Um, she sent it through. Um, through she actually posted it. Um, from a post and then she she sent a message so she definitely wanted this question answered so thank you Jen for uh, sending this so um, I'm going to read you the question and then we're going to talk about it so the question is uh, being uh, being a newbie there are of course there are many questions many I know will be answered on the trail very good insight Jen for that any future discussions on any type of training for backpacking for example a discussion I had today while hiking, does one focus on distance over pack weight? Should one focus on ability to hike five plus, five plus miles before adding weight? Please lead me to this podcast if any previous discussions on this topic. Thank you. You guys are inspiring. Well, Jen, that really got Ariane and I talking because it's almost like, man, what comes first, the chicken or, or the, the egg? egg. <laughs> it was actually part of our morning coffee discussion. Right. And <laughs> I, I think it was a great question because you you can see the the almost like uh, perplexing look on Jen's face after she probably watched YouTube videos and she probably did a search to look for that answer and couldn't find that answer. Um, because I don't think that's really, I don't think people... Um, in the backpacking community sometimes focus on that because we're so um, enthralled by gear, 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 gear. You know, this is the best. This has got to go away. And it's all about lightweight gear. And we forget that, hey, there's some basic stuff you got to know first. And sometimes it's not pack weight. Well, that's the conundrum, actually, is because to be able to go out there, you need gear. And, and when you start figuring out well, how to backpack, gear is the topic of conversation because everybody knows how to put one foot in front of the next. Now, it's not that simple. And there's there's so many complexities that go along with it. But gear tends to be the forerunner in this conversation. So it was really interesting. <laughs> I'm like having my coffee and Scott's like, so Ariane, we got to we got an inquiry last night. <laughs> and I always love this. He was like really pumped and excited. And so he started asking me what I thought. And it was very interesting because uh, we both have our own different perspectives on this. And how I went about answering the question was very different than how Scott and his perspectives had. But, but the conclusion was exactly the same. 
And one of the first things that I was talking about were, you know, reduce weight cost to to get to the point of reduction, like true reduce weight. We're talking about maybe going into lightweight gear. It's going to cost you a lot more to get to that level of like that degree of like really, really reduced weight, which is where you're really going to feel the impacts. Um, And so you... You, you really, weight is not the forerunner in this case at all. Like I went through, I went through so many different revisions on what gear I purchased, like two, three, six different revisions on different types of gear until I actually figured out what my rhythm was and what worked for me. And what I realized is that what I thought I wanted without the knowledge of actually doing it was very different than what I actually needed. So want is very different than like what you actually need, the components that you need to function. And then when you start going into more and more reduced weight, it's going to cost an arm and a leg. So why are you going to front out all this money on gear that is at its lightest component for your level at that point when you don't even have a concept of what it is that's going to work for you or not work for you. And that was one of my biggest things is like, I'm not very frugal when it comes to backpacking gear. Like I'll, I'll spend a lot of money on something, but what I've learned through my experience is that my, my level of backpacking skill has altered as I've gotten more comfortable out there. And I've, I, I know that I can do more with less. And so I've been able to figure out what I need and then find that like expensive gear that's really going to reduce my weight and like work for me. But it's taken, it's taken like three, four tries to get to that point. That's a lot of money invested in that. Yeah. And I think that is one of the, the, um, I guess that's one of the things about the backpacking, I don't say industry, that's probably the wrong word, but just sometimes you know, the social media aspect of backpacking is that it is so gear-centric uh, focused because, you know, let's face it, that's where the money's at, right? So you get a lot of sites, you get a lot of, you know, channels and YouTube channels that's saying this is the best, you know, top 10 best backpacks, top 10 best sleeping bags, top 10 back, you know, and it's, okay, that's great, but the question was, what do I focus on? And my response uh, to her was this, is that, you know, the most important, there's a couple pieces of gear that are, are a little bit more important than your pack weight. And that's, you know, of course, your mental attitude that we've talked about, um, which I think is one of the most important pieces of gear out there. But I think it's your feet. Because let's face it, um, blisters don't equal fun. And poor uh, footwear decisions when you're so... You know, you're concentrating so much on your pack and what's in your pack and the weight of your pack that we forget that, you know, your footwear is even more important. So let me give you a really good example on that. And I kind of alluded to this on uh, on my answer is that Ariane and I have taken our share of people out that were trail runners, trail runners. And the first response that we get when we talk about footwear with trail runners is like, oh, I trail run all the time. I, yeah, I have no problem with blisters. I've never gotten blisters trail running. But now they add a 30-pound backpack to them. And you walk differently. You're not running anymore. 
you're managing your feet, you're twisting your feet differently, you're, you know, you may be where you're trail running, you can just hop over, you know, a quick, uh, you know, a creek that's wide, rock up, boom, 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 but now you're backpacking, you just can't, you know, quickly jump over, and so your feet get wet, or, you know, whatever the case is, it's a different experience, and every, I would say, what do you think, Ariana? I think it's about 98% of the time <laughs> yeah. that these trail runners go, wow, that was a different venue. Well, I didn't think it was going to be that hard, and why do I have blisters on my feet? It was because you used your trail shoes, your trail runners, for backpacking, and and some do, and again, Every, every foot is different. Every foot is different. You know, um, what you can wear successfully on the trail, I could not wear. And you and I have that same issue oh, yeah. with a brand of shoe right. that I don't want to mention, but, you know, you love that brand you and that company. That well, that, you know, it, it kills my feet. It yeah. will shred my feet. And I've tried them three different times and they shred my feet. So the, the thing is, is that the first thing that, you know, I, I think people need to understand is that you got to first, you got to like backpacking first. And so who cares about the gear and who cares about the weight? Okay. Who cares? You know, borrow, rent, go out and backpack for a day, for two days and figure out the type of footwear that you want and go do five plus miles. And if you get blisters, then it the, then the pack weight doesn't make any difference. Then it's more of a foot adjustments, finding the right socks, finding the right you know whether it's nylon, whether it's cotton, whether you know what what whatever uh, type of sock you're going to go with, finding the right shoes. I mean, I I hiked in Keen sandals almost for a whole year up until it snowed one year. <laughs> you know, so for me, those sandals were so broken in that I just didn't have a problem with them anymore. And so, um, you know, um, you know whether it's boots or it's trail shoes. I mean, I, I have a friend who hiked the Appalachian Trail in tennis shoes. Now, they went through like six, seven pair of tennis shoes to do it, but they hike in tennis shoes. If your foot likes what you're wearing, that's a beautiful thing. Very that is, beautiful. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So the first thing is, you know, focus on your footwear and focus on what works for you after you do the five plus miles with whatever weight is, 30, 35, 40 pounds, who cares? doesn't make any difference. Get to know if you like it and do downhills, do uphills for that gig. You know, we see a lot of trail people that go out there and they buy new shoes, and, and you know for the you know for the life of me, you know you, you know this is common sense, right? You, you hear it, break in your shoes before you go out there, right? But you'd be surprised, you know, you buy shoes and people say, hey, this is the best shoe out there for hiking the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, long distance hiking. This is the best, so I bought it. Well, I guess it's just going to be the best. And they wait until the last minute. They get out there and they're like first day hike, and they're wondering why their pinky toe is bleeding, you know, or their toenail has fallen off or, you know, whatever the case is. And it's because, you know, those shoes need to be broken into your foot. So I would say the very first thing is feet care first. Your feet need to be in harmony with that shoe because those are your tires, baby. (laughs) If you're driving down across the country, 
you're not going to go, you know, travel on bald tires. <laughs> you know, you, you want those tires to be good. You're going to want that confidence to know that I got good tires on my car, right? So why the heck would you hike across the country and through 14 states or out west through the whole state of California and go, yeah, I don't know about my shoes. I think they'll work. I don't know. So I think footwear is first. And then once you know you can backpack, you know, with, uh, you know, and, and you like it and you really think, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this on a regular basis. I'm going to get some good gear because I love it. I love these shoes. My, they feel, my feet feel great. Then you go back and say, okay, how now do I lower my pack weight? What can I do better? You know, how can I lighten my load? And I think that comes with a little practice. It comes yeah. with a little time. Um, but, you know, the world isn't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Your, your hiking career isn't going to be built in the very first night that you go out. It certain, certainly will not <laughs> so, be. Or in the first five miles or in the first, like, five times. Like, it's it simply takes time to work through things and your system and to understand it. Backpacking is a lot like muscle memory with any other sport. Oh, absolutely it's, it is. It's And this is why it's so drastically different is putting a pack on your back with loaded with weight whether that's 20 pounds whether it's 40 pounds it changes and it alters your body movements and it affects everything it affects everything from your head down to your feet and it really does impact so as you begin to like feel the movement of what your pack can do in motion and in rhythm with the terrain that you're on it becomes a lot more fluid for you to really understand that that weight limitation. So, you know, it's very easy to think that weight should come first. It, it's very natural to think that weight should come first. And I, I had no concept of it, but I also learned from the heaviest backpacker who, I mean, loaded my pack with like cans of soup. I'm pretty sure that there were like SpaghettiOs in there once. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? I'm just saying like, so, you know, I, so I remember weight is one of the biggest stressors for people overall. And so I think it's a big concern because we talk as backpackers about reduction of weight, reduction of weight, regardless of your interest or desire in the sport quitting or giving up on it entirely at the beginning is a real component and that's it if you begin at if you begin at springer and move north you'll see so many people quit based off of weight alone it's just too much for and them. blisters and, bl and blisters. blisters is one of the number one search and rescue issues in the smoky mountain national park it's people underestimated the terrain and they underestimated the footwear they needed to hike right. the terrain. And I and I honestly think it's it's everything but the weight. And the weight is like this like third, fourth component of of gaining confidence and gaining the experience and skill. I um I'll the the one time I remember the one time that I I really freaked out with weight. Uh very first time that I went into the Grand Canyon. Um I was loaded. I was loaded in my eyes, I was loaded very, very, very heavy. I was at 45 pounds for a five-day trip. And that's the heaviest I had ever carried by far. Um, that was with full water load, 13 pounds in water, because that was with caching and also two days down to a water source. And so I, I remember 
I remember like freaking out. Like I actually teared up. I cried. I cried when I put the backpack on because the weight load was so heavy. Um, and I just started madly going through my pack and just like without any like real thought, I was just like, what can I get rid of? And I'm like, well, no, you can't get rid of water and you can't get rid of food. Those are two components that are really important. And I remembered like I was 11 pounds over what I should have been at body weight. And that, that that wanted that made me have that feeling of like panic of like I want to give up weight is weight is too important weight is more important than this trip in that split second moment so it's it's a big it's a big fear component that weight is the priority here so my question to you is <laughs> when you were uh, you and I have done that trial a few times when you were on the edge when you were on slate loose rock right yeah going downhill at a pretty good clip and you're on the edge of either life or death, I guarantee you, you weren't worried about your pack weight. I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I was not. Were you not more worried about your foot care where you stepped next? I have to admit, I was a lot more worried about about my ability in like moving forward. Of course. Right. I, I think... And that's the point. I think that's what we're trying to say is that get your footwork right first and get your feet ready. And and we've we've talked a lot about our podcast on how to even train your feet for a long distance hike, too, and and how to, you know, prepare your uh, foot to to really do a lot of mileage. Um, But that's a very that's the very first thing is, you know, go out and practice, do some long distance miles with some pack weight. Who cares, man? You know, if you're if you're going to go out for the night. Um, and, and, and the other thing, too, is not only do you prepare um, to do it, but, but prepare in the same terrain that you're going, that you are planning a hike for. For example, if you are planning on hiking the Appalachian Trail, for example, don't practice your through hike in Wyoming, you know, or in the desert or in flat surfaces, because that's ridiculous. Go and practice your footwear and go feel if you can do it going up the ups and downs, you know, the the pups, the pointless ups and downs and make sure that, you know, your your feet can get used to that. You know, I can't even tell you how many toenails have fallen out of my feet because, you know, it's for it's hard. It's hard on your feet. And so make sure that, you know, doing five plus miles on a flat surface is one thing. Doing five plus miles with an elevation gain of, you know, two, three thousand feet, you know, even more. And sometimes in that distance, um, it's really hard on your feet. So practice with that first. Successfully get that. Feel good about your feet. Feel good about your footwear. Feel good about your physical endurance. Um, you know, um, camp under the stars. And then go back and say, okay, I did it. I felt good. Now let me get rid of this Uncle Bob's tent he gave me. Let me get rid of this Uncle Bob's, uh, you know, big ass heavy, you know, mattress pad. And now let me go do my thing and go buy your gear and go get your gear, go practice with your gear. And um, I think that's probably the best advice we could give. Yeah. I mean, one component that rarely is like discussed discussed is like um, compression. Compression reduces weight and it doesn't necessarily reduce the ounces or the pounds, but it allows you, compression allows you comfort. And, you know, in your question, 
uh, Jen, you had, you know, asked, like, do you really focus on the distance or the ability to like be able to go the distance versus like focusing on reducing the weight first? And compression is really the key in allowing you to have kind of both simultaneously is uh, a heavier pack until you learn to be able or be able to afford what you want to be able to go lighter weight. But compression is in its simplest form. It's, how you're carrying the load on your back. It's the same amount of pounds. It's the same amount of ounces um, until you start the reduction process, but how you keep it closer to your body and how you allow that weight to be distributed properly. So like 30 pounds properly distributed on your back is going to feel very different than 30 pounds, like just throwing in a backpack. Hanging off carabiners (laughs) on the back of your backpack. And that that alone makes a huge difference in being able to go the extra distance to be able to gain not only the physical ability to be able to move those miles, but also move those miles with comfort. And I Compression is a huge, for me, compression is just as important as, as, as foot, footwear is. You know, you're kind of reminding me of that movie, um, Field of Dreams. You know, when Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Costner is in the, he's, he, he goes to the Red Sox game. Yeah. And he's, he's, he, he's sitting with, uh, you know, the author and Did he, he hears something. Yeah. He hears, go the distance. Go the- <laughs> and he turns, he goes, did you hear that? Go, go the distance. Go the so that's what we're saying. Go the distance. <laughs> so yeah, I think um, yeah, uh, yeah, um, absolutely. So what's our <laughs> what's our next uh, what's our next viewer subscriber or listener? Um, so this email. was kind of a big one, and it, it was it was right on the coattails of Jen's inquiry, and so we we felt like it was really good to to meld the two together because they kind of go hand in hand in some realm. So another subscriber of ours uh, reached out and was simply inquiring about the area in between beginner to experienced backpacker and trying to like kind of pick our brains a little bit. And, and she said, I feel there is a lot of content geared towards new backpackers, but not a lot on the different ways to keep building upon your skills. So how do you get out of your comfort zone and how do you plan things that will make you a better backpacker. What are some things you can learn or focus on kind of in the in-between stages of beginner to advanced? Yeah, and that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, so Ariane and I right away would tell you um, to go and backpack in miserable conditions. <laughs> that would be our first response. Um, but in, in, in true form, in, in reality, is that, you know, to, to bridge that, uh, that gap between beginner and uh, intermediate advanced, in, in, in reality, there's, there's really no such thing. Um, you know, there's, there's no such thing as a advanced backpacker. Because, the, er, er, you know, like I've been backpacking for 20 years. I'm still learning. So... And it all comes down to sitting around sometimes uh, with other backpackers and you see them unpack something and you go, what's that? And then they go, well, this is this is what I use to do this and this and this. And you're like, okay, well, that's a genius. How come I didn't know that? He goes, well, I just, you know, yeah, I picked it up at Walmart or I made it or I did this. So you're, you know, you're, you're never truly 
advanced. You only have experience through doing. And it's like anything else in life. You know, you're never going to be good at something unless you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And so nobody knows everything. Nobody can, nobody has all the answers about what gear to do and how to do what you just got to go do. And then repeat. And then repeat. repeat. And then repeat. I mean. Do repeat. Do repeat. Right. And I were talking about this question. I'm like, you know, I was telling him like, you know, like, dude, I've seen some, I've seen a picture. (laughs) I've seen a photograph of like a really beautiful place on the internet. I'm like, where's that? And I find it's a trail. I find it's like a loop hike. And, you know, a few years ago when I had the time and the resource to do it, I got in my car and went, you know, and if it took me three or four states to get there, it took me three or four states to get there. But I think the, the, the whole thing is that is that you just go and do and, you know, you you sometimes you have to push fear aside for a minute um, and just go. And just experience that. For me and for Ariane, we will tell you that a lot of the um, a lot of the beautiful parts of backpacking all all across the country is getting to the trailhead. You know, just yeah. the journey to get there. Right. And the journey to get there comes from a decision. And so you can, you know, for for people that want that think they're picking up experience watching YouTube videos. Um, you, you can use that as a resource. You can use that as a, okay, I get it, but you're never going to know until you hit the trail. And um, experiences like DNA, no two experiences are going to be the same because we all look at things in a different perspective. And so what I think might be a beautiful trail, Ariane might say that trail sucked. <laughs> um, you know, so it's all different. So, but the thing is, is that to to gain confidence is you just go do and you make the mistakes and you don't beat yourself up because, you know, you made a mistake or this didn't turn out right or you were too cold or you got too wet or, you know, your rain fly blew away or <laughs> like in I, I Royale, you know, um, she lost her rain fly or rain jacket. She lost her, she forgot a rain jacket. So she didn't have a rain jacket. So, um, you know, those things all are part of the, the learning that makes you a better backpacker. Not only does it make you a better backpacker, it makes you a better person in the long run because you've learned how to deal with things that, um, you know, don't go right. Like Mother Nature. You know, like you can go backpack in a thunderstorm. I'm pretty sure you can get out of the car and run to the grocery, into the grocery store when it's raining outside. And I think those are the kind of things that just naturally make you uh, stronger and more confident as a person. Um, but you just got to go do it. You just got to go do. And it's, it, you know, and go out, when it, you know, when it's raining outside. And, you know, the forecast says, well, it's going to be a 100% chance of rain uh, in uh, the mountains today. And, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, miserable and cold. And it's going to be a good weekend to stay inside and cozy up by the fire. That's when you should go backpack it. <laughs> <laughs> within, within reason, yeah, yeah. if your gear can support it. But it, it's okay. It's actually better to make 
like these minor mistakes and these these things that you've never experienced. And in this case, this listener had been out on a backpacking trip um, out of comfort zone in extremely cold winter conditions and not not knowing because there's there's no experience behind it, but not knowing that in colder weather climates and the level of activity that had to be done, there was a lot more food consumption. So, you know, what was supposed to be a five-day backpacking trip, you know, got cut short to three, you know? And and it's okay to to say, okay, I learned from that. And you're probably going to go home, research, and understand that and never make a similar quote-unquote error. And you kind of have to be okay with a certain level of errors to be able to learn confidence. If somebody gives, it's so simple. If somebody gives you the answers, you don't gain experience or knowledge from it. So you can say, okay, I'm going to pack like that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But experiencing it for yourself builds confidence, not just the knowledge base alone. And by doing it is the only way to really develop and gain that confidence at a level that's going to take you beyond that comfort zone. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, the mistakes in the backcountry that both Ariane and I have made, um, you know, are invaluable. You know, I mean, how, you can, I can't even put a price tag on that because those are the things that make you the better backpacker. It's, it's the, um, you know, the gear I didn't use that I brought that I think I needed. It's the, well, I didn't eat that much food, or I should have brought more food, or I should have done this, I should have done that. Gear failure, you know, like Mm. reading a map incorrectly. I have have learned so much by going the wrong way, or by having to be forced to think about terrain differently than just looking at point A to point B, but really having to like really logically work through where I need to be going and what that terrain needs to look like to get me to that point. And that has taught me more. My failures have taught me more and built my confidence and allowed me to see it from a different perspective than reading it or finding it on YouTube or learning from another. It's like that that in-the-moment experience. I think the best example I could come up with is this, is that through all the years of backpacking, I instinctively know now how fast I'm hiking, and it's an average. So um, when I'm trying to calculate my time, um, given the train I'm in and given weather conditions and feeling how slow or how fast I'm hiking, I know instinctively to get from point A to point B, given what I'm, how I'm hiking, I'm averaging 1.5 miles per hour or two miles per hour. And I can I can feel it. And that just comes from years of, of of doing it. And so, you know, I mean I've I've never been a watch wearer. I've I've never worn a watch. Um, of course now you've got, you know, the smartphone and you just pull off the smartphone and and look at the time. But I think, you know, I'm almost pretty accurate by knowing, okay, well, I'm hiking normal. I'm hiking about two, maybe a little bit faster than two miles per hour, 
Or man, I've got a. I'm like bouldering at this point. <laughs> and it's kind so of uncanny, I'm, actually. I'm Scott starting to pull will... out carabiners and rope. I'm not doing two miles per hour. Right, Scott will. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable to me, and he will be able to get pretty close within a parameter of the time frame, and it's just sheer luck in my my eyes. I'm like, you you definitely looked at your phone, but. But he'll be able to tell just based off of how fast he's hiking, how slow he's hiking, what his movements are. He's like looking at the terrain. And it's it's unbelievable to me, but that just comes from his experience. Yeah, and that's the only thing in life. I mean that 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 that's why I think backpacking is so um incredible uh to build life skills is that man, you can go out there and backpack in Mother Nature, you're gonna be able to handle obstacles that come at you in life because you know there are some obstacles that are bad that are that seem impossible but there's often oftentimes when you're on the trail and you look up and you're like oh no way and or weather conditions or whatever you have or you know but you do it you get up there and and you do it and I think you know, for that question is, is it's a great question. It's an important question. And I think that, you know, you just keep doing, you keep doing what you're doing and keep going out there. And um, you, sometimes you're going to have to push fear aside. I'm not saying there won't be trepidation. I'm not saying that there won't be hesitation. But the thing is, is that's how you grow. And, and I think that you, you push that trepidation, hesitation away and say, I'm going for it. And, uh, you know, let, let the cards fall where they may and you go and do it. And, uh, more, more times than not, uh, everything is going to be fine. And, and then you come out and you, and, uh, that's how you gain that confidence, you know, and don't be afraid to go somewhere you don't know. Um, you know, you plan and prepare, but you always let people know where you're going. You always let people know your route. You always have, you know, the, Hey, I'll, I should be out at two o'clock. And let me tell you something in 20 years, I've been doing it. I still let people know what time I'm going to be out. My best friend, um, you know, uh, his name is Richard. That man, he, I tell him, if I'm not back, if you have not received a phone call by this time, here are the ranger stations you need to call. And, you know, that's usually I give it like about 12 hours and I give it a kind of a big buffer zone. Um, but, you know, always let people know where you are. And if you have a backup plan, you've done... If you've kind of planned and prepared, you know, uh, right, you're going to have a great trip despite the weather, despite what happens, despite gear failures or or whatever, you know. And, and that's when, you know, um, you know, you you just become a better and better backpacker. And there is no such thing as advanced, intermediate. You know, I feel like people that go backpacking and they do any kind of um we call it bag time. You know, how many nights you slept in a bag. Right. Brian DeLay and I was on our podcast a few episodes ago. We used to call each other every year and compare bag bag nights. <laughs> how many bag nights did you have? Oh, I had 53. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you know, you beat me. So we call it bag night. So count your bag nights. And for every bag night you have, that counts. You know, that's some, that is out of your comfort zone. If you're in a sleeping bag, not in your house... We don't call it in your house. But if you're outside in a tent, that is called a bag night. So get and in your backyard, right? You, it's it called a bag night because you're out of your comfort zone. And that's <laughs> and that's how you and that's how you do it. And, I 
you know. I, I think a big component of building confidence out on the trail is, is by really recognizing what you're trying to gain from it. And, and everybody has something very, very different in mind. Every time I go out and I don't like something uh, about how I approached whatever, I'll, I'll kind of make note of it and then go back in and try and hone in on a specific skill. And I think the more you can, if you want to improve upon being a better backpacker, figure out what those skills are that you're lacking or you don't have full confidence in, or maybe you want to learn a little bit more. And there's endless information and knowledge that you can develop in those times in between going out outdoors. Like how many of you go outside right now and hang your bag, you know, your, your, your food bag in the backyard PCT style and make error after error after error. Try a limb that isn't quite right. Nothing's going to be perfect when you're out there. How, how often are you going in your backyard and honing in on those skills? This that, is the best time to do it because nobody can watch you fail. Right. <laughs> You're in your backyard your by yourself. Yeah, but your neighbors are social distancing. But, you know, that's um, other than your dog and cat. But that's the best time. You know, I'll, I'll bet you all these backpackers that are making all these YouTube videos right now have no idea how to hang a bear bag PCT style. And they're not practicing. So that's one of the things you do. You want to be a backpacker? Go practice. You know, you've got a great time to do it. You know, I think that's a great point, Ryan. That's awesome. And I, and I, I, one more aspect is, is most beginners, after they've kind of done it a little bit more routinely, most beginners know more than they think they do. So take somebody out with you that knows less than you, and that will boost your confidence so fast and teach you what you don't even think you have confidence in. Yeah, that's a that is a uh, that's a great point. That's that's awesome advice. Um, before we close, we wanted to share a message that truly inspires us to keep keep on keeping on. It was a great message, um, and thank you, Becky, for for sending it. Uh, Every once in a while, we get a message that, you know, really touches our heart and, um, well, all the messages touch our heart, but, but every once in a while, we, we get something that really, that really kind of makes us, uh, you know, really you know, feel good about uh, what, what we do. Um, this message came from Becky, who wrote, so happy to be supporting the podcast. I came across your podcast this year and have listened to almost every episode for the past four years within these past four months. <laughs> oh, Becky, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like you need a, a day of quietness in your life. Some detoxing <laughs> Some of detoxing Trust the Trail. <laughs> of Scott and Ariane. Um, I, I've loved hearing the perspective that you both bring about not only trusting the trail and how it will provide but how gaining experience is all about going out and living your adventure. I'm going. I'm enjoying Trust the Trail Facebook community and look forward to diving into getting more backpacking skills. So I'll have the confidence to hike. I'll have the confidence to solo hike sections of the AT and or perhaps the whole AT someday. Well, Becky, you let us know when you want a section hike or you're in Georgia and you're going to attempt a through hike because 
Ariane, we'll hike up to Springer with you and we'll toast your journey because uh, that that truly is a, a great goal and um, I hope you keep doing it. I, I hope you do it. Um, I hope you get up there and section hiking in AT on any given day, month, or year <laughs> is an awesome, awesome adventure. <laughs> um, you know, I don't care if it's 20 miles. I don't care if it's 100 miles. I could care less if it's 2,000 miles. It's a hell of a trail and uh, it offers everybody a unique opportunity. So go, go do it. Uh, shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. Um, thank you guys so much for answering the question tonight about the YouTube channel. Uh, really appreciate it. And of course, our patrons who help support our podcast and keep it going. Ted Jones, David Boyer, John Phillips, Rick Hornick, Jerry Burston, Shirley Nutt, Gary, Suzanne Johnson, Brad Wolf, Helene, Mike Pellet, Jacqueline, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Jeff Nyman, Kathy Kinnison, Bob Esser, Matthew Creecroft. By the way, Kathy Kinnison just did the Pinholy Trail. Yep. Yeah. Very good, Kathy. Days, good yeah. for you. Absolutely. Um, and our newest patron, Vicki Thompson and Becky Wenger. Thank you, or Wenger. Thank you so much. Patreon, uh, if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon's a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you need to do is create an account and go to Trust the Trail Podcast and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits and exclusive content. And by the way, we wanted to welcome our new gear partners. We've got Black Diamond, MSR, and Osprey Packs, all of which can be found on the backpackerstore.com. So the backpackerstore.com is a site that we built. It's the powers in the search. So you can use the search area to type in the piece of gear that you want to compare prices from all the major online outfitters like REI, Moose Jaw, Camp Saver, Eastern Mountain Sports. So for example, if you're looking at the MSR Pocket Rocket, you type in MSR Pocket Rocket, you get all the MSR Pocket Rockets available at REI, Moose Jaw, and now MSR, who manufactures the Pocket Rocket. Pretty cool. So that's the backpackerstore.com. There's incredible gear prices going on right now, you guys. Uh, they're trying already trying to get rid of their spring uh, inventory. So it's a really good time to do some searches, searches for gear. Our podcasts are available on iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the big ones of all your favorite podcatchers. If we're not on one, let us know and we'll get on there for you. We'll make sure that we are. You can follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail, and our Trust the Trail Facebook page. Remember, the trail gives you everything that you need. So, trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.